Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today we're going to talk about something that I don't think that we've talked about on this show, although we have talked about discernment, and this is going to be kind of like a practical outworking of a biblical theology of discernment. And so we're going to talk about how to biblically evaluate the books that we read. And one of the one of the reasons that I think that this is important is, you know, we do a lot of I do a lot of interviews on based on books on this podcast. And I think it's important for you to know as a listener, as somebody who watches the show, uh, Dave, how do you evaluate the books that you read? And there's a larger issue that I think out there that uh, reason why I'm doing this episode is if you go look at the top podcasts in the Christian category under Apple Podcasts, what you'll see is a lot of these a lot of these podcasts under the Christian category are very self-help focused, which often makes me think, well, why aren't the why aren't the biblical podcasts, the podcasts uh, proclaiming sound theology and helping people uh, to grow in love of sound doctrine and in, and in the practice of sound doctrine. Why haven't they risen to the top? And and then there's also the, the top books that are sold every year. We look at that, and we a lot of these are just self-help, uh, pop Christian psychology where they mix uh, in psychology with popular uh, Christian cliches and throw in some scripture, and it's supposedly Christian. And we have to ask the question. Uh, We have to, uh, not the question, but we have to raise the issue. As Christians, are we being discerning in the purchases of books that, that we're reading? And also... The other issue that we need to talk about is if you combine what I just said, the Apple top Christian Apple top podcast under the Christian category with the uh, Evangelical Christian Publishing Association's top books that are sold every year. If you combine that and lay over that the, um, you know, the state of theology published by Ligonier, the the statistics on Bible reading, um, Arizona University, George Barna's uh, worldview, biblical worldview study, my friends, it, it paints a disturbing picture that we, as Christians, we lack discernment. Now, I, I, I use the, the above, I use what I just said as an example, not to say, hey, you lack discernment, but Actually, what I'm saying is many those people that have been polled, those people that are buying those books in droves and droves, 
And it's not just a few people. When when those lists come out, we're talking about tens of thousands of people who have bought those books. So I, I hope that, you know, as we talk about this, one of the things, my aims for this podcast is for it to be a trustworthy uh, resource that will aid you in your growth in Christ, where you'll, where you'll be pointed not only to Scripture, but to sound and rich uh, theology from church history, and that you'll be uh, practically helped um, in your life and in your ministry. Uh, and so uh, this is one of those episodes that will be biblical, it'll be theological, but, it, but the, the goal behind it is really to help you to evaluate uh, the books that you read. First uh, Thessalonians 5.21 says, But test everything, hold fast to what is good. Now, the word, the word test here, it can mean examine, it can mean analyze. See, we are to test, we are to examine, we are to analyze everything that we read through the Scriptures. In Acts 17.11 it says this, Now the Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all ignorance, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Notice what they were doing. They were searching the scriptures. They were examining the scriptures to see if the things that Paul was teaching them were true, where they were right. They accorded with the word. You see, it's been said, and I agree, if you want to if you want to know the Lord's voice, if you want to hear him speak, read the Bible. If you want to hear him speak out loud, read the Bible out loud. That's because the Bible is the only authoritative standard. It is sufficient, meaning that it's for every, every uh, for our life, for our godliness. Uh, it's reliable. It's trustworthy. It's inerrant. It's without error. It's infallible, it's without the possibility of error, it's clear, and it's binding on our lives. This is the reason why we test all things, all things with the Word of God. This is why we search the Scriptures, why we should be reading and studying and meditating and memorizing the Bible and, and applying Scripture to our lives. That's why we need to sit under sound, expository, verse-by-verse teaching of the word so that we know what scripture says so we will not be fooled by error but we also need we also need trustworthy resources we need help in this regard and this is why i'm really doing this episode so we we must first ask when evaluating a book whether it is biblical and by biblical i mean just that is it reliable is it uh, is the book grounded in the scriptures that are reliable, that are trustworthy, without error, without the possibility of error? Uh, uh, do they do they uplift and do they clearly teach that scripture is sufficient for our lives? Uh, do, does it teach that scripture is clear? The book does it teach that scripture is binding on our lives, or is it kind of like you you get the idea that? Scripture isn't really important to this particular author. They, they're not citing Scripture. They're not dealing with Scripture. They're not uh, explaining, expounding Scripture. Too many, too many Christian books today are doing this. 
they might cite a verse, but they don't explain it. They, they just put it in parentheses. They're not engaging substantively with Scripture. Now, a book is not a sermon. Let me be clear about that. A book is not a sermon. And so, to the degree that you're going to expound, especially, uh, 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 let's say, a uh, the, the, even, even within, uh, like I'm working on a book on contentment right now, I'm not going to deal in that book, even though it's it's a short book, I'm not going to deal with every passage on contentment. But the passages that I'm going to deal with, I'm dealing with substantively. I'm trying to walk readers through and helpfully point them to what Scripture says and what it means in those passages. But for many Christian books, they intermingle psychology with the Bible. And so psychology in this way is seen as at the same level of Scripture. And that is absolutely dangerous. Too many Christian books today are mingling pop psychology uh, with the Bible. Now, can we learn from psychology? I, I think so. But it must be done from a biblical worldview. We must test all things with scripture. We must hold fast to what is scriptural. That's that is a command in 1 Thessalonians 5:21. In the common grace of God, we can learn from, you know, uh the psychology and the insights therein and even leadership insights, but we must not place those insights at the level of scripture. They're not. They're not scriptural. We must test everything through the lens of the word. And we must only hold fast to what is good and that which accords with Scripture. And that's what the Bereans were commended for doing. Now, we can't stop at just asking whether the teaching in a book is biblical. This is this is dangerous because if we only stop at the at the understanding that is the book biblical we're gonna we're gonna miss a lot we might we might think well that person was biblical but we also need to go and ask the question we need to ask whether the 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 book is theologically solid and it coheres with orthodoxy as presented in church history now paul says in ephesians 4 that god gave us teachers he gave us not only teachers in the present, but he's given us teachers in the history of the church, and they have aimed to do what 2 Timothy 2.15, uh, to, to teach us to rightly handle the word of God. And so the when we talk about this, we, we need to talk about it this way, because too many Christians think, well, all I have to worry about is just being biblical. Absolutely. We need to be very concerned that the teaching that we're receiving from the pulpit and our church, that we're that we're reading, that we're pu- uh, putting in our ears, that it is that is biblical, that it is helpful, um, and and all those things. But we also need to be clear that we're not against church history, learning from the history of the church, both in the present day and from those in the past. The Reformers and the Puritans have a lot to teach us. Uh, they aimed to press home the truth 
into hearts, into lives. Uh, you know, John Owen is is really great. If more Christians would spend time reading John Owen, they would experience a tremendous amount of growth in their life, and their especially in their growth in Christ, because Owen Owen spent arguably some of the longest amount of time in his writing, uh, really addressing the heart and really helping those to grow in Christ. Um, so we need men like Owen. We need men like Spurgeon. We need men like John Flavel. We need men like John Bunyan and, and others. And fast forward today, we, we need men like R.C. Sproul and um, many, many others who are are doing good and faithful work that are grounded uh, not only in the Word, but they're confessional. Uh, by confessional, I mean they adhere to the 1689 uh, London Baptist uh, Statement of Faith or the Westminster, uh, you know, uh, Confession of Faith, uh, either the shorter or the long, the larger Catechism, and those or the Heidelberg. These, it's 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 too easy to say. Well, I'm going to be biblical in my theology, but what what confessions and catechisms, what they do is they give us guardrails for what biblical orthodoxy is. You know, too many Christians, I think, are trying to reinvent the wheel, and they think that they have the latest insight and understanding, and what we need is not something new, not something fancy. We need the old past. We need the the, the past that uh, teachers of old have, uh, have, fo- have followed and I've sought to be faithful to, um, uh, because you know what? There is nothing new, as as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. There's nothing new under the sun. You know, you look at the maladies of our day, and they are nothing new. You know, uh, the church responded uh, to Mormonism before Mormonism ever existed. It, 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 the church has responded to Jehovah's Witnesses before Jehovah's Witnesses were ever even around. Um, the church has. Uh, responded to a great deal of theological error and heresy that is happening in our day. And we need to understand what the church, not only what the Bible has said, but what the church has taught. And so we must ask whether the book is biblical, we must ask whether the book is theologically solid, and we must ask, as we're concerned with the theology, does it cohere with orthodoxy? Does it cohere with um, the 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 creeds and the confessions of the church, and if it doesn't, then we must not take it very seriously. Uh, we must reject it. We must point out where it deviates from orthodoxy, um, and we we should ask these two questions because our concern as as Christians, we are told in Ephesians four fifteen to speak the truth in love. Ephesians four twenty nine tells us that our speech is to be is to build up one another. So as we as we think about and as we're testing, as we're examining, we we are should ask in light of whether it's biblical and it's theologically accurate and it adheres to th- uh, theological orthodoxy. We should be concerned to ask the question: Is this book helpful? Because the helpfulness of its of of a book is only to the degree that it is biblical. And it's theologically accurate. It, 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 it coheres with theological orthodoxy uh, so that we can be built up in the faith. We can be built up in the, in the, in the fear and admission of the Lord. We can be grounded more and shaped by the Scripture. 
and as we read books, we we are we are taking in teaching, and so we need to be careful. We need to examine it. Uh, we need to ask ourselves: Is this biblical? Is it theologically accurate, or is it not? These are these are two things that I'm always asking because uh, Paul also says that the goal of ministry in Ephesians four is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so the the other thing is, is this book equipping the saints for the work of ministry, or is it just focusing on the, the person's thoughts and insights and understanding, or are they grounding themselves in text after text after text of Scripture? Are they expounding you know, in a helpful way on biblical truths and themes and ideas? Are they helping people to grow in their knowledge and skill of handling scripture on the topic in which they are addressing. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't uh, put in, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the ideas and the, the history and those kind of things. Those things are helpful. Those kind of things draw out, especially in writing. They draw out a particular point that they might illustrate how the church has handled a particular issue, or it might bring to light, you know, a contemporary issue. And then, then you, uh, as an author myself, I'll often do this. I'll, if I, especially if I'm talking about a worldview issue, I'll bring in st- stats and I'll bring in stories. I'll bring in um, other things to help illustrate the the point that I'm going to hit the reader with, help the reader understand uh, from Scripture. And these kind of things really help readers to understand more of the issue um, at hand, especially as it pertains to sexual ethics and moral issues and so on and so forth. And the goal there isn't just to relay our understanding of of things and, and to impose a particular viewpoint but but on the reader, but to help them see this is what Scripture says. Scripture, we need to go back to this because Scripture is inspired, it's inerrant, it's infallible, it's sufficient, it's clear, it's authoritative for our lives. Too many Christians today believe in partial inerrancy. Partial inerrancy means that they think that some parts of the Bible are inspired, meaning that it's reliable and trustworthy, for, but uh, they do not believe that the Scripture is totally inerrant, that it is without error, that it's without the possibility of error. That's infallibility. Inerrancy means without error, and infallibility means without the possibility of error. See, uh, so believing partial inerrancy means that you think that part of the Bible is has errors in it. And and today, where we're we're in the in the contemporary culture that we're living in many Christians would affirm inerrancy but they would affirm it only partially and the reason is is that they want to do away with the Bible's teaching on sexuality they want to impose a view that suggests to us that especially on matters of sexuality and ethics and those kinds of things and and especially on the topic of marriage as a whole uh, because of the influence of the LGBTQ agenda, uh, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what we think, uh, especially in light of social justice and 
wokeness and those kind of things. And and by the way, this is another thing. You know, you have the new apostolic reformation. We've been talking about that a lot. We've been talking about over the last couple of years about social justice and wokeness and all of these things they attack and they assault a biblical worldview. Um, and too many Christians have drifted on, on these matters in the last few years. And so we need to be extra careful evaluating what we read in light of Scripture, in light of if it's theologically solid, if it's orthodox. Uh, and, and in light of those two statements, as I said, we need to ask, is the book helpful? Does it speak the truth in love? Because um, that's that's really, really important. Just saying that you're truthful without, you know, speaking the truth in love, you know, that doesn't meet the criteria of helpfulness. Uh, or being, um, it doesn't meet the the standard of being trustworthy. To be trustworthy means that you're going to be biblical and you're going to be theologically accurate, theologically precise, and you're going to be adhere to theological orthodoxy. For the goal of you're gonna you're aiming not to relay a lecture, but you're aiming to minister to hearts and to lives and and to to really equip people with the truth in love so that they can stand fast for themselves on the Word of God. Uh, The goal of, I remember one of my former pastors in Idaho, he said, Dave, make sure that you're not just giving an information dump here. Make sure that, you know, you're you're aiming to, to see people's lives transform. And this is what the Word does. The Word correctly... Uh, handled and and rightly handled, I'll use that, 2 Timothy 2.15, that's the aim, is to rightly handle the Word of God and to help people learn to do the same so that they can read and and, uh, study and meditate and memorize on the Word themselves personally and so that they can make disciples who make disciples of the nations. You know, uh, we have scripture, we have a church history, and we have so many good resources uh, today. You know, I wanted to talk a little bit, uh, and uh, I've talked quite a bit about, you know, evaluating books. Are they biblical? Are they theologically solid? Are they orthodox? Are they helpful? Do they equip the saints? But I wanted to talk, you know, sometimes you might see my name in a book. You might see an endorsement, and I and I want to be clear about this. I have I don't think I've ever talked about this in any kind of public setting, but I I am at, uh, maybe a few times you might have heard me say a few things, but I wanted to say quite a few more things about this. When when you see my name in a book, and I've and I have endorsed it, I want you to know that I've read every single word in that book, and I and I want you to know that even. Even sometimes it, 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 I, I'm often asked, would you read this book with the view to write an endorsement? And sometimes I just can't because of time, but some other times it's because I have a concern. And I sometimes I brought concerns up to authors and I've said, hey, um, I think this part in your book needs to be a little bit clearer. Uh, are, you, are, you, are you willing to do that or not? Um, most often, sadly, what I've heard back on that is when I've done that, even in love, now sometimes I've been maybe a little too insistent on that. You know, that's that's a learning experience for me as well. But uh, I can admit that. 
I might have even been pushy a few times and I've had to apologize and repent in that like like we all do. But you know what? Um, I want you to know that I would rather err on the side of being overly cautious with, in, with endorsing any book and not endorsing it uh, if I had a concern, even if all these people that endorsed a book were trustworthy. Um, just because just because they were trustworthy and they thought it was a good book doesn't mean that I thought that that I agreed with the book and the message and those kind of things. Now, I'm not saying that I have to agree with every single thing and every single dot and tittle of every book. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. But I want it. I want the book, not that the books that I endorse, not only to be biblical. I want them to not only be theologically solid. I want them to be helpful, and they want them to be practical. I want them to minister to people's hearts, and I want them to help uh, the reader um, to to grow in the in the scripture, to be more shaped by scripture. And so, um, even even uh, even even the consideration of the when I and I'm asked, would you endorse this book? I also consider the author's previous works. When I when I have a guest on. To talk to them, I'm also considering the author's previous works. Uh, have I read them? Am I knowledgeable about them? Well, you know, I might give them more of a pass because, you know, I've read their previous work and I enjoyed that previous work. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not reading the book. I'm going to read the book. If I have any questions about the book or think that we need to cancel the interview since I'm months and months ahead, um, I've thankfully never had to do that, but I would do that because it matters that the books that are the books and the authors that are coming on that they're helpful that they're they're biblical they're theologically solid they're helpful they're trustworthy um they're going to equip you in your growth for godliness so the other thing is is the publisher uh too many publishers today have gone um in a in an unfortunate well I'll just say it that in an unfortunate direction um, and so if there's certain publishers, I'm going to be more careful to make sure that I read um, what that author uh, has to say. Um, if it's an author that I've never read, I'm I'm definitely going to have to read the whole thing before I ever schedule an interview. Now, all of these things, they, it might seem, well, geez, that's a lot to, you know, take in. But there, there's a goal here. Theology is the study of God. And if if we're not going to be, we might say I have a I have a biblical understanding of the doctrine of Scripture. So you believe that that Scripture is inspired, inerrant, without error, uh, you know, infallible. It's clear. It's sufficient. It's authoritative. It's binding on our lives. Great. But too often we just pledge allegiance, like we do in America, to the to the flag. And where is the practice? See, this is where we have to ask when we, we're talking about biblically evaluating the books that we read. We're doing what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.21. Test everything, hold fast to what is good. The word test, it means examine or analyze. This is what the Bereans were commended for doing when, when uh, they heard Paul taught. He, they were... They were Searching the scriptures, uh, they received the word because they with all eagerness because they were searching the scriptures to see if these things were so. This is my encouragement to you, as you listen to this podcast, as you 
listen to podcasts, as you read books, as you listen to content, as you listen to even your own pastor preach, have your Bible open, be reading it, asking questions. Is this biblical? Is it, is it, does it adhere to uh, theological orthodoxy? Is it helpful? Is it going to equip me in my ministry? Um, you know, so the goal here is really to to help you to be discerning, to to walk with the Lord, and to evaluate the things very practically that you're reading, that you're hearing, that you're studying in light of the truth that we find in Scripture and in the light of the whole of what uh, the church has taught. Uh, this is what it means to be trustworthy, a trustworthy person, a trustworthy resource, that's what we're aiming to do here at Servants of Grace, and I hope that you will encourage your friends to listen and watch this podcast, and uh, lots of great content coming uh, in the rest of this year. And now may the Lord richly bless you and keep you, and thank you for watching or listening to this episode of Equipping You in Grace. Until next Monday and Wednesday, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.